Hey guys, welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. I am so glad you're here. This is where we talk about uh, all the things that make this stage of life so fun, so crazy, a lot of motherhood, a lot of um, talk with people who've started their own ventures on their second chapters. And today's guest is a really, really inspiring person who sort of like straddles several worlds. She is um, with a huge company. She works with Disney. She's also a successful blogger and podcaster. And uh, she and her co-host are hysterical. I've been listening to their podcast called Podcast Rewind for a while now. And they literally, it's like a grab bag of interesting topics you um like one day it's like the dark corners of the internet they're talking about and then it's you know the housewives or you know their favorite you know the craziest dating story I mean there's just so much going on there and I really really think you guys should take a quick listen to their podcast before um popping into this interview but Erica Jarvis is just incredible super glad that I stalked her into being on this show um we cover a ton of topics and we may or may not really laugh loudly and bust your eardrums so just a heads up at certain points um you may have to turn the volume down because we had a great time so yeah without further ado um blogger podcaster and all-around badass woman Erica Jarvis like soft intro no I know I've listened (laughs) I listened to your show (laughs) um okay well we are oh my gosh I feel like we're gonna have a lot of things to cover but um you're good right yeah you got your water yes most important am I too close here Mason I feel normally we drink alcohol on my show so this is different (laughs) a sober podcast we're a a g-rated show at the moment we don't want to um Chase away all those hundreds of sponsors that I have. JK, zero. I have none either. (laughs) Um, Okay, I feel like, um, can we turn the volume down on my set just for a second? I feel like I hear myself scream all day already. A little bit, a little bit more. More, no, up. Oh, up. Here we go. Like a little, let me me grab that knob. Hey, girl. Hold on a second. This guy, right? Yep. There we go. Is the other one mine? One, two, one, two. Yeah, you want to go down too? Yeah, you're so loud in mine. I know. Okay, perfect. Oh my gosh, so much better. Okay, that's better. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so much that I feel like we want to cover, but I do want to introduce you. I want everybody to know who you are. I know who you are because I stalk you. I stalk you. (laughs) But um, (laughs) yes, you have a podcast. It's called Podcast Rewind, but I want to know everything about you and who you are and what you do. Um, so Erica Jarvis, <laughs> what's your social security number? Blood type, Erica. Um, no, let's start with the podcast because yeah. I, that's like, you know, I feel like if anybody's trying to get an idea of who you are and what you're about, sure. your show is just great. It's you and your friend, Amy. Yeah. So my co-host, Amy, is one of my best friends. Met her when I came down to start at Disney about almost 13 years ago. And um, we have obsessively been spending our happy hours since we met talking about everything pop culture. I mean... John and Kate plus eight. We could just for oh. hours annoy all of our friends. And team it, John or team Kate? I mean, like in team the John right now. I currently yes. Oh my gosh, yes. She's a monster. But um, it just evolved. Yeah. It continued to evolve through everything that was what we were absorbing, and then it switched over to the entertainment that we were absorbing was podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we would just talk for hours on end and bore everybody about our obsession over podcasts. And we joked, like, we should have our own. What would it be about? Podcasts. It's <laughs> like, what else would we talk about? Thus the name. So every week we get together, we're kind of like a zenial Hoda and Kathy Love Lee. Just with the ha- wine and everything. With the wine, yes. with a drink. And we are talking about things that are happening, like mm. cancel culture and um vaccinations whether to or not oh, let's dive into that later yeah too. the concept of multi-level marketing and so many other things that pop up but then we educate ourselves with other podcasts yeah I mean I have to say this too so you guys obviously are going to check it out but Erica and Amy really like it's the intelligent version of like a coffee clutch right because I feel yeah. like you know there's a lot of con- it's easy to get on a mic and like talk shit on a housewife or sure two or ten, oh my god and I can do that all day right no no and that's great though you have like both elements yes. right? there's a lot of well-researched and like interesting sort of like of the moment topics yeah. that you guys tackle vaccinations was one you guys did one on what's that weird culture that like the people who don't date people or like oh my gosh (laughs) incels amy and i are still not okay like we listen to podcasts from everybody do you know what an incel is producer mason he does he's young i I learned it from you tell everybody what it is it's uh somebody who describes themselves as involuntarily celibate and it weirdly started in canada with a woman who was having a tough time finding a girlfriend and just joked she was involuntarily celibate and it's almost become a new culture 
it's dark. I highly recommend not listening to an incel podcast. You will not oh, be okay. They have, they have their own podcasts. They too. have their own podcasts. I mean, is it's it just a dark subculture where gentlemen feel like they, I say gentlemen, I don't know if they're gentlemen at all. No, they're, <laughs> they're, they're kind of crass they're and mean and they're, of. Some of them are. they're nasty about women thinking that women are terrible and that it's their fault that they can't get a date because a woman doesn't want to date them. And so then therefore she's too she's, promiscuous and it's a weird dark circle to go down. It's a K-hole that I don't recommend anyone <laughs> else do. But we did the work. You, you did. Know I mean? We did the work for others. I love your show so much. And then the Zenial podcast or uh, episode too, yeah. which I feel like we need to dive into. But you listen to you guys and not only do you feel like you're like sitting down having a glass of wine with you but you're getting information like this is big yeah you and know, we're teaching about other podcasts right and then now in one show maybe you heard about eight different podcasts and now you can add them to your repertoire yeah I like that so just give us <clears throat> before we dive into like some of your episodes that you've already like done such interesting topics um but tell us like what are your top three favorite podcasts are Oh, gosh. Currently. Like, what do we need to be listening to in addition to Podcast Rewind and 30-something? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It's like a two-hour-long podcast. Right. Like, you can just really spend your day with it. Right. And he asks really intelligent questions of his guests, and he's not always just pulling the famous celebrity you would expect. Right. Um, he had Andrea, Sa- Andrea Savage on from his great show on True Network called I'm Sorry. I think she's so funny and raw as oh, a female comedian. Talks about motherhood. Right, right, right. And it's so great. And he had her on. And I just really enjoy his eagerness to learn so mm-hmm. much about other people. Mm-hmm. That's the hallmark of a great journalist, a great podcast host. Yeah. I mean, sh- too much navel gazing, like we get it, hashtag OOTD, but like uh-huh. tell me something I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking for fun, flirty kind of podcasts, I love The Lady Gang. Yeah. And okay. now they have their own television show. Right, right, and right. I think they really celebrate female friendships mm-hmm. and are okay to be them their truest selves. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you're thirsty for Instagram likes, own it. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you're kinda nasty, but like a really great friend. Like I, I really enjoyed that. Their chemistry is good. Yeah. And sometimes don't you like sit back and you're like, oh my God, I think they hate each other. Sometimes. You know, the beginning. honest with each other. Yeah, I totally agree. And then if I had to pick a third podcast. I mean, like, I'm not super into true crime and like that mm. kind of stuff myself, but I know a lot of people are. So. Okay, so here's a great one that I just got into and I yelled at Amy on the show the <laughs> other day for not forcing me to listen to it sooner. It's called True Crime Obsessed. Okay. And it's often a recap of true crime documentaries, which are a little easier to handle. Okay. Um, what are some of the recent cases that they've tackled? They did Three Identical Strangers, which was a great oh, documentary yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. Triplets the triplets in New York. Like, they were reunited later in life. Yeah. Them. Okay. And then um, abducted did in plain sight oh, is that it was that the netflix one where the girl was kidnapped twice by a family friend oh i saw a promo for <laughs> it was that insane yes. i couldn't i couldn't stop talking about yes 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 it. but so they cover these documentaries in a really funny hilarious lighthearted way that if you didn't watch the documentary mm-hmm. you kind of can catch up because they were able to play clips they did okay. one about evil genius on Netflix. Did you see Mm-mm. that? It I was about either. this woman in Erie, Pennsylvania. And this is why I love it so much. Good old Erie, Northwestern PA. Yes. So I went to school at Penn State mm-hmm. in Erie for two years. While I was there, there was a strange, like, bank robbing. And, like, we heard this guy <gasps> yes, had a collar bomb on. Yes. The, was that something to do with pizza? Yes. He was a pizza delivery a guy. Pizza delivery guy. And yes. he went to this field to deliver pizzas. These people threw a collar bomb on him, yes. sent him on a, like, scavenger hunt. And right. one of the things was to rob a bank. That's some saw shit right there. It is. And so we're both from Pittsburgh. So you know Route 19? Uh, yeah. It goes all the way up to Erie. Right. And he did it on, like, their version of 19 up <sighs> in Erie on Peach Street. And... I mean, I was in college. I was literally two exits away when it happened. Oh, my gosh. I was was in the room where it happened. And and tell (laughs) us, too, at the end of this, because I'm having trouble remembering. We did cover this when I was anchoring in Pittsburgh. But what was the verdict? Or did they find people who were responsible? So that's what the documentary is about. You've uncovered. Because he died. The bomb detonated and he died. Yeah. And unfortunately, on live television. Right. I mean, Uh, as an anchor, that had to be insane to know. I think um, delays were invented for that kind of thing. A reason. I yeah. completely agree. Yeah, um, yeah. They eventually find this woman, Marjorie, who's kind of at the helm of everything, and mm-hmm. then you learn about 
all these other crimes and murders that had been going on in Erie. I mean, this woman was a true evil genius. Is she still around or is she no, in jail? No, she's she no dead? longer with us. Oh, jail and dead. Sad. So sad. <laughs> R.I.P. Okay. Marge. <laughs> R.I.P. Marge. The evil genius that you were. Yeah. So those are three pods I would highly recommend that'll oh, give you comedy, female friendships, a little bit of true crime, some in-depth interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I I love it because um, in this world there's like a voice for every interest, no matter how niche or random. Yeah. Like, but as someone who has been, you've been on the podcast scene longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of, I mean, how much do you roll your eyes every time? Like Joe Schmo's like, I got a podcast now. I mean, everybody has a podcast. I agree. A. And here's the thing, you know, I know uh, <laughs> we, we talked about you doing a podcast for a while before you started, but it's I think like it's like I think you need now. to have the most niche thing possible. Yeah. I think. Here's what's really important. Amy has a background in entertainment. Mm -hmm. She works for uh, the same company as I do in entertainment, and she has a degree in it. She has been working her whole life in entertainment Mm -hmm. and has an understanding of show flow and what works and what doesn't work. We both bring different things to the table. I can handle the technology side. She brings in all of that other stuff, and together we're able to put a show together. I think oftentimes... People get so insular with themselves. They don't understand that. Maybe I don't know your joke. Maybe I don't think that that's funny. I don't get it. And so I'm all for everybody starting their own podcast. Like, I can't absorb enough because I need more for my show. Right, right. But at the same time, like, I had a friend reach out and she was just like, well, my friend and I, our phone calls are hilarious. So we're going to start a podcast. And I'm like, like, but "Mm." why? Like, what are you going to talk? What are you going to talk about? You know what? And that's a really good point, too. It's um, at the end of the day. I like to think of it as a culture of service, right? Yes. You need to be a resource in some way. You have yeah. to recognize, you know, it's it's good for me to bring other people in because yes. it's, at the end of the day, that's you need to be uh, useful, and right? Unless you're talking alone and you have something really important to say, like when you talked about how your Instagram and Facebook posts oh, went God. viral, oh. and then <laughs> you did a solo show, but you also kind of did a, I a read live. The, I read the nasty comments for the first time from yeah. my Daily Mail. <laughs> that was a real treat. Yeah, and so I mean, y'all. I think that that made had a purpose and you're sharing something but yeah somebody it's like oh it's Tuesday I owe a podcast and that's a big thing Amy and I if we don't have something or something's crazy and life has just taken over then okay well just no podcast this week we would rather delay a show than put out a bad show right and have you have you noticed that as you guys go on that you're um are you hearing back from the same listeners are you starting to like build a community um we wish we had a bigger community and like kind of understood how to build it I think that that's the thing that we're trying to figure out um I mean, when it comes to everything that's on Instagram or Facebook, you know, you hashtag podcast, podcasting, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And all of our listeners and followers are other podcast shows. But right. I want to get, you know, Jill in, you know, Madison, Wisconsin, walking in between classes to start listening to my show. How do I get her? Oh, it, that's the thing that I think is really hard. And with so many podcasts on iTunes and all of the stores, mm-hmm. how do you compete? How do you get onto a network? It's so crazy. It is crazy. There's just, there's a lot of noise out there. There is a lot of noise and it's hard to decipher through all of it. Right. And then let's, you know, and then do you get annoyed when you see like another celebrity getting a podcast? And it's just like, I'm really glad you were on like Bachelor in Paradise for one season, but like, I need you to go away now, Becca. And they all, you know what? It's total jealousy, right? Because Oh no, I'm super jealous. Fan bases. Yeah. I mean, I was listening or not listening. I was reading online today it was like us magazine or something and they did an article about caitlin bristow's podcast and something she said about and you know the the, the coverage just multiplies it's like ripples in a pond right like you put one thing in and then all of these channels start covering it because they have that fame and that platform already but it does go back at the end of the day to like I'm glad, Caitlin, that your new boyfriend picked your nose for you. That was the actual story, by the way. We are, <laughs> but you know what else? What else are you bringing? But you know, there's something to be said for lighthearted content too. I, I agree with that, but you know, seeing that we both have backgrounds in journalism, but right. in like yours is more broadcast and mine was print. I find it's like we're just now creating articles for Bustle, Refinery29, mm-hmm. Us Weekly mainly is like a huge culprit about an Instagram post. Oh, it's and crazy. that's not a story. It's great. Nobody it's not. did anything. No one wants to hear that, right? Because like the journalist snob in me comes out sometimes and I'm like, yeah. uh, this isn't, act- you're not, like this isn't something there's you no sourced or Like there's no, nothing of, <laughs> but I mean, What's then the- I'm part of the problem for clicking on the <laughs> right, story, you know? I agree. So, but it, it's, it's, it's a different world. And like, 
it is changing journalism in a huge it way is. too. Even the stuff that we would cover in newscasts that yeah. we never, there's like an entire, there always was like a lighter block, which is like, uh-huh. you know, the time between commercials, right? Which like, is the stuff I did. Right, right. Yeah. So they're, you know, you're, we call them like kickers and like funny things that you can like kind of banter about uh-huh. with your, your, your co-anchor. But um, because there's so much hunger for like that lighter content, they're like, starting to put it in places it never was before. Mm-hmm. Or you mentioned like the Today Show, whatever, fourth hour. Was it the fourth hour with Hoda yeah. and um, now Jenna? Jenna. I mean, it pay- P.S. pays to be a president's daughter, right? It I'm like, wow. Hurt. So that's how you get to the Today Show. All this I time so. I was thinking. <laughs> Hard work. <laughs> working it was really dumb of you, oh, Sonny. But that's the thing, though. I mean, our, our culture, I think that's another example, rewards um, reward celebrity. It can be. It a, does. It can it's be a great thing. It can be a bad thing. When but. I went to Penn State, I wrote for the Daily Collegian. Mm-hmm. So I was a senior, like, arts and entertainment reporter. And we had put out three articles a week while still being in school and taking classes. And I had internships at, like, the arena in town. And I got dubbed the real world girl. I interviewed what? every real world kid that came into town to do a bar crawl or something. Oh, and so, like, I, their attitudes back then were crap. And yeah. just like the celebrity, and like, there was no Instagram. That's crazy. And just, that crazy to think it about? was so crazy. I mean, I was in college when Facebook was rolling out. Right. Same and way. it had to be like, oh, is your school up? Oh, my school's up next. Wait, how old are you? You don't have to say. I just I'm, turned 35. 35. Okay, so I'm 37. And um, yeah, like we are in that weird phase where, so you were still in college. I remember yes. I was at my first station. and Did you still like, have your, you went to CMU, right? I went to CMU and it was not Carnegie Mellon. It, it didn't, Facebook hadn't rolled out, but I graduated in 2003. So I, I was a couple years into my job, and I remember someone saying, there's this thing called Facebook, but you have to have a college email to log in. I was like, well, I'm sure it's just another fad, whatever. <laughs> and I mean, look, it's like literally taking over our world. It is. It's like listening to us. I mean, all you need to do is like mention, oh, you know, I need a new pair of tweezers. And like you scroll through your Facebook, and it's like an ad for a tweezer. Yeah. I mean, like they, I'm not terrifying. mad at that. <laughs> I might be one of the people that's like totally fine with cookies and like I have like a Google Home like listen in. Oh, you I'm, do? I do. Okay, so you're someone who's tech savvy. Aren't yeah. you a little bit scared of that technology? Like there's not part of you that's like, mm. um, listen, I know they just announced today that yes, Amazon is listening. Yes. Your Alexa. Yes. Um, yes. The Daily Mail story with I, the little ears on the side of the speaker there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, you know, I talk about it with my mom all the time because we have a ritual like on our drive home, we call each other. Yes. And back in when they thought people were like bugging our cell phones, I'm like, well, I hope they're really thrilled about my thoughts on Dorinda last night <laughs> on The Real House. I was like, I'm not talking about anything of note. And when I'm alone in my like bathroom listening to my Google in the shower, like, has Enjoy anything, the singing. Has <laughs> anything weird ever happened, though? Have you gotten, like, a random ad for something after you've spoken about it? Or, like, have you seen anything strange? I really haven't. But then again, like, my Google Home is in my bedroom. And I'm generally not chatting right. with anyone in there. Just right. myself. Right. But I haven't gotten anything crazy. Kind of scares me. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, like, listen, I wish that I could say something. And it would be like, hey, we heard you talking about X, Y, and Z. It's <laughs> at your door. Like, thanks, Google. Way, but speaking of random people at your door, I got, like, such a, like, a 50s throwback moment and there was like a traveling salesman who came to my yes I'm sorry what he, I, this well he's <laughs> he's he had a bag of products that he said he was only selling he could only sell to me in person I was like I'll take your card nope I can only sell them to you directly like right now it was 55 <laughs> this is really weird and I was like, wait, you live in like such a nice a part warp? of the city too. I'm so confused well, for you. I think is it 72 or something? <laughs> like 1972, he had a, an actual briefcase full <gasps> of these cleaning products. And I was like, oh. is the milkman coming next? But it was very strange. Yes, that is so bizarre. I know, right? I was like, well, I'm going to have to take a rain check. It was $55 too, by the way. Oh. I was like, okay, well. Like some vinegar, something, some fabuloso, and you're good to go. <laughs> My 409. For yeah, now. exactly. Um, okay, so let's just let's get into some of the, some of the episodes. I feel like that are just that I just loved so much that you guys did was the whole like, are you a millennial kind of thing? Yeah, you, could, you call yourself as would I be a zenial? Zenial. So it's in between Generation X, okay, and millennials. And what are the years? It's like 1976 to just about 1984. It's a really small blip. How and do you think we are different? Because I'm going to include myself in that. You are, yeah. Um, it's You grew up analog. Like, analog was around when you were born. Right. And you were taught analog life. And mean, digital analog before started. I have this article I'm bringing up. Sure. Which is like this, but, so the um, digital world happened while we were in school. Right. And so we would go from, like, that, you know, Cassettes to right. every, like we've seen everything. I've seen uh, yeah. cassettes. I've seen laser discs. A and B side. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, the laser CD discs. singles. Yes. I mean, all of that stuff. The huge boom. 
into the digital age we're in now was happening while we were young enough to learn it as it was coming. Don't you feel like that's like, um, I feel like it's a kind of the sweet spot because I, yeah. you can remember what life was like exactly. before. Like, remember we did real deal selfies like you had to hold the camera yeah. up and like absolutely you never knew Fingers what that shit crossed. was gonna look like until you went to your giant eagle or your <laughs> giant public, like a public thing like if you were down here like a grocery and, until you got your roll back and uh -huh. you're like oh my you're god. like oh yeah Isn't it, and kids these days they grow up with such a keen awareness of their image which is just like kind of scary yeah i mean I, i'm glad i didn't know what i yeah like, like we're then. the organ trail age we all played oh, Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. You, you know, have died of dysentery. <laughs> you, your hooks did not ford the river. How much? How much fun did you have? Like purposely killing your people, or was that just oh, me? So I have sadistic. a younger brother. He's six and a half years younger than me. So when all of this stuff was really popular, right? He was still like a toddler, right. and he would just hear from another room like do do do. Yeah, and he knew oh someone was dead. <laughs> he just didn't understand that like that family wasn't us. Yeah, so oh he would gosh. be like, oh my god, who died? Oh, and he would be so, so upset. You know what else I have really really strong memories of? We had an Apple II GS, so like Mac Mac throwback here. Uh huh. And we had remember the printers that went. Yes, we were just talking about this at work the other day. And you would print banners. Yes. Did you? Oh my, print shop. Yes. Freaking print shop. I'd be like, mom, I made something for you. She would come home from work and it was like, I love yes. you. <laughs> we were talking about oh it at work God. the other day because like, I have a baby face so nobody believed that like yes, I remembered like the 21. 80s. Yes. And I was like, no, I remember all of these things, the apple, the black screen, and the yes. green. And they're like, you remember that from TV. And I was like, no. No, and it had the uh, the perforated edges yes. that you had to like peel off. Yeah. And I remember my parents being like, all right, don't use all the colored ink. <laughs> it would like die after yeah. 15 pages. Oh my gosh. And greeting cards, all the stuff. Right. Make. Um, growing up, my dad was in paper. He was oh. like a Michael Scott, he if was, you will. He was the original Dunder Mifflin. Basically, guy. yeah. He was a general manager at a paper oh place in Pittsburgh. Um, and so, like, growing up, like, print anything oh, you want. You lived in the land of plenty. We, we did because paper was free. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I have to run this by you, though, because sure. I was doing a little research. And so, like, there are different defini definitions of millennial. And this one says, okay, you must be a millennial if. Um, Oh, Tupac is your generation's John Lennon. Did you listen to Tupac or were you like um that was like so I mean I was definitely more us. Biggie Smalls. But oh, um, interesting. You're like more of an East Coast. Girl. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, okay. Well, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um oh, it said this too. You know all about the trap music. I don't know what trap music is. Mason, okay. <laughs> Hop on the mic real quick. Can you tell us? Is your mic on? Do you, do you know what this is? I think Okay, I, I could never describe it, but if I heard so. it, I'd be like, this is trap music. This is like why I'm like, I'm not, I must not be a millennial because what the hell is, what is trap music? Okay, so basically trap music is like a subgenre of EDM. Yeah. Wait, what's EDM? <laughs> is that that Electronic dance music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. But like. Like the uh, electric carnival that happens. Oh. Electric daisy carnival or something That's where people paint the their bodies and like glow paint. No. Why does everyone have to be naked to listen to that music? I mean. What is. And, and like, I wear clothes when I go see Dave Matthews. Yeah, I mean, oh, I guess so, that's so millennial. So zenial. Raves are basically like, yeah, it's a little bit more like promiscuous. The way like girls, yeah, and what, like people are just like mm -hmm. having sex on the ground. It's kind of like the modern day hippies. Out. Wait, so what does trap music sound like? Okay, so, so confused right so now. So trap music basically sounds like um, rap, like EDM rap. Oh. So like, there's like the big 808s that the big bass yeah. that like. And the oh, yeah, kicks yeah, yeah. and okay. yeah, the so beat drops that and like everyone goes crazy. That's yeah, laser. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's basically like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. so that's trap music. I, mean, I see. I'm not. I'm not a millennial. I'm just in a real. I'm an 81 baby, so I'm really, really aged out of the system. Doesn't yeah. mean like we're zennials. Like we can <sighs> understand some of this, but for the most part, I yes, I have to say like. Like I had a Teddy Rockspin. Many oh, millennials Rockspin. did not have a Teddy Rockspin. By the way, he would wake up at night and try to kill people, convinced of it. Oh my did god! Did you ever see one of those start to malfunction? Uh, like <laughs> when your battery was dying, it was like, oh my god, get Teddy Rockspin away from me! He's gonna so kill me tonight. Funny. He would like slow down. Oh, horrible! <laughs> absolutely horrific. And like eat the cassette in his back. Yeah, I don't feel like I don't know. I don't want to offend you here, Mason. Is it true? How old are you? I'm sorry. I keep asking I'm, you questions. Your mic is off. I, I'm 21. Okay. I just turned 21 like well, a week congratulations. ago. Congratulations. That's insane. Oh, my yeah. God. That's a week just, ago? That yep. was two, two weeks ago. But, I mean, I don't feel like, and I don't mean to offend 
the millennial, the true millennial in the room, but you know, they, I feel like they have such a bad reputation yeah. in, within a traditional work environment that I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a millennial, but you're not one of those. He's here at a normal job, right? You're working, but yep. I don't but, think it's your fault or any millennials fault. It's, it's their totally parents different. who raised Maybe, them. Maybe, but listen, sister, <laughs> if you don't know how to punch a card and like clock in and clock out by the time you graduate college, like that's you on your parents for not making you get a job. I guess, but you, oh, what age do you just start? I mean, like, I mean, at 15, I was like at high school getting my work yes. permit, working yes. at Brewster's. Oh, Brewster's. There's the some Brewster. Brewster's down here. Yes. I know. I had such a nostalgia. I was like, it's oh my so gosh. Good. It's the hard ice cream. Yeah. So I worked at the one in Wexford, yeah. in Pittsburgh, which is like the second one ever. Yes. So me and all my girlfriends worked there. At one point in time, I had two to three jobs in high school. I was on student council. I was rowing. I was yes. doing all of these you things. You were doing the damn but thing. But I often... And you were not taking pictures of yourself doing it, selfies and shit. No. You know, you were like just working. You're but just then again, I will say I talk and do meet and greets at my job right now with kids in their college years right. who are interested in getting into our, our company. I talked to a girl yesterday. She was like, after this meet and greet, I have an interview for like my mm. sorority like uh, council back at school, like planful. She had her whole life. Oh, that's great. So they're, it's out there. Yeah. It's just the ones that aren't working are Unfortunately, it's the minorities giving the majority a bad name. You know, and it, it's the parents not forcing them to do more. I think too, and you can weigh in too, Mason, because I feel also like sidebar. I'm not a parent, so sometimes when I talk about parenting, I don't have a leg to stand on, but well, I have I an mean, idea. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot I was of, parented. A lot of things do start at home, right? I, but. Um, you know, looking at it from like an outside perspective, I see these kids. <laughs> I see these kids. Where's my cane? Right. Um, I see kids coming up these days, and it's not only that, but it's also their desire to work to be different, right? They want to work out. So I don't want a nine to five. If I hear one more freaking person, I don't want a nine to five. Get a freaking nine to five because guess what? You're going to learn accountability. You're going to learn how to put your ass in a chair for eight hours and oh. work. Maybe you don't end up there, but, but you know don't what's also just, really rad? Don't just health happen. insurance. Yes. A 401k yeah. that they match. I, know, I mean, these are great things. They're but great that's, things. to me, when I think, I don't know, you could probably correct me, but that's like one of the defining characteristics. They are hard workers. Millennials are creative. I feel yeah. like they're, they we have changed so, so many much things. to learn from them because yes. they're the ones in college right now. Right. They're the ones learning that when they come to our jobs, like, cool, I go to, you know, seminars all the time and I'm asked, what's the most important thing you learned in college you still use to this day? And it is literally nothing. It's yeah. the advice I got from other mentors. Right. It or, wasn't anything in the classroom because that's dead and gone. Yeah, it is. Unless you're in a in a technical field where you're yeah. learning processes and, and it's techniques. constantly changing. Right, and that's also t changing. But yeah, yeah I mean, it I is. that's kind of it. It's like we look at that, you know, like the, the older millennials, the zennials or whatever we are. We look at this new generation and like yeah they're just, they're changing all the rules for better and for yeah. worse i mean do your most of your friends have like normal office jobs or jobs yeah companies or? i mean my friends like they don't want to end up at a nine to five but they're perfectly okay with having a nine to five like starting out their careers right. mm -hmm. so that they can like build their responsibility and mm -hmm. accountability and that's kind of how i am too i'm completely fine with a nine to five at first but i don't want to end up there i want to become successful enough to get there but i have no like, I don't feel like I'm entitled to not have a nine to five. Right. Do you feel like some of your like um, cohorts feel that way? Like, yeah, I mean, they, they're like too good for the. No, no, uh, not too all, good. For, all my friends, they they're good people. Yeah, they <laughs> they have no uh, they have no resentment towards like people who work nine to five or yeah they have they're like not scared of a normal job right also yeah. like what? i feel like very like get off my lawn right now i don't mean to be coming across <laughs> like you know also, but i'm genuinely curious yeah. because this is not how you're not me well so. i have a question for you so we don't talk about it on our podcast that we work at disney but if you go to my blog and my yes, instagram okay. account I mean, it's pretty clear that. yeah okay that i work for walt disney world and that's yeah, I have a nine to five, but I have had 16 different jobs. And in my one nine to five, I would work nine to five. And then I'd go into a park at 10 o'clock at night. And I'd come home at six o'clock in the morning. I'd go back to work at noon. I'd work until 11 o'clock at night. I'd go back in at six because what my job was requiring was overnights, installs, testing. Right. So sure, quote unquote, nine to five, I had a desk. I didn't sit at it for right. five months. That's we work crazy. for a company where we're 365 days a year. We're not a typical nine to five. I said that as a kid. I didn't want a desk job that was typical nine to five, and I found it. Mm -hmm. It's still very professional. I still learn all of those things. So I think that 
when people say that they're not looking for that nine to five, they're trying to find their version of it. Right. So it's not like they don't want to income or anything like that. And they want to work for themselves and be a blogger. Right. Which I've had a lot of thoughts on that lately too. I know I'm questioning so many life decisions. I am too. I think it happened like literally when I turned 35. Oh yeah. I will turn. It happened like last week. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, gosh, we should do a whole separate podcast on that. That's a whole other thing. I mean, you have, that's something where you, uh, it's a calling. It's a calling to share for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a big on advice. I'm big on motherhood, especially hearing other people's experiences. That to me was like the most important, the invaluable thing about um, getting through those years was just hearing like kind of a kindred spirit or similar yeah. story. But anyway, but I do sometimes. I wonder like, w- are we at the point where have we all told our stories? Can should we all shut the mics off and walk I away? I do worry about. I'm not worried, but I think about that because um, maybe we're scaring our children and the next generation away from being this just like these just obsessive oversharers like we've become I agree I mean there's so little I knew about my parents career growing up but I I knew that they worked I knew that my mom has been a working mother since I was born Mm -hmm. so we're originally from New York and once I was born after the three months or something her mind like she went right back into New York City and Mm -hmm. was working and just that's who she is right. and so I've loved growing up knowing that that's important to her she right. you know let me know how important it was you know get out there and work but like not a ton of wisdom was imparted it wasn't really until I was starting to get into the workforce that my dad was like okay here's what networking is and why you need to know about it mm-hmm. and I was like what is that I know <laughs> like, I know and, don't and you now look- I blog about why you should go network and do all of those kinds yeah. of things I don't know because you're living it exactly and you've seen the results of what that can what that can bring yeah I mean do you think um will you always stay like is this I don't want to like have you speak too specifically to your sure I want to get you in trouble but this sounds like a job that you want to like stick with right yeah like everybody wants to end up at at Disney it's just a company that is just always at the top of the list it was so when I was younger I had two dreams I wanted to um, work for Disney, and I wanted to be an MTV VJ. Oh, my God. So, like, in seventh grade, when you have to do, like, those kind of, like, here's who I'm going to be when I grow up. So, when I was in college, right after my freshman year, I interned at VH1 in their fashion department. And I worked on I Love the 70s, I Love the 80s Strike Back, all the Top 20 Countdowns. Yes. Oh, I love Um, that I did all of this amazing stuff. Um, And when I was finishing school – my mom just was like, hey, you never worked at Disney. Like you said you were going to. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I still have a couple classes left. But like, I could go to Florida, do the college program. Is that how it happened? Yeah. That's My insane. parents actually moved to Florida when I was in school. So I was going to have to come down eventually to Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Wow. But it was kind of like, well, what if I go try this college program thing? What advice do you have for someone who wants to get in there or with a similarly um – like a, a company with a good reputation like that. Any kind of company with a good reputation, do whatever you can to get yourself in there. Do and you have to work for free and intern and all these things? You don't a work lot. for free at Disney. Oh, you don't? No, God, no. Oh my God, I work for free at Dateline. Did you? A, they didn't pay me a red cent. Uh, I paid to work at VH1, if that helps. No. Yeah, I was too young to get credit. Uh, and so I had to pay for it to be an independent study. That's And insane. so I paid like a thousand plus dollars just to get the See? Class credit to work at VH1. This and now interns are asking for money. Yeah, that's another like yeah, I mean, I got, statement. I mean, well, it depends uh, on those kind of companies. I learned a lot yeah. when I was at VH1. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I mean, it I'm was saying. amazing. Like, I would have done it if I had to pay too. Yeah, same thing. You know, I lived on a Long Island with family. Took the train in oh, every day. Nice. I um, I worked five days a week. You know, it was in there turning the lights on at VH1. Right, <laughs> right. turning them off at night. But um, I was working with people who were all freelancers. Mm-hmm. It was so difficult to get into the company. And then I would, you know, go out with the girls to, like, their apartment or something like that. And we seven girls on, like, a 10-floor walk-up. And I would just be like, you don't have insurance? I "I love the city, but maybe I'll visit the city. Yeah, It was one of those things that clicked. And it was like, I still want to be in this entertainment field. Mm -hmm. I really want to do something communication-oriented. And it was my mom who was like, I know you have these dreams of journalism and things like that, but what do you think about corporate communications? And she's like, and let me tell you why. And that's she and her friends did that in the city back in the day. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, like internal communications is like journalism for the people that I work with. Right. And just to kind of take your dreams and like remold them Mm -hmm. because things like being near my family became more important than like living in the big city. And I just kind of reprioritized as I got older. So I think if you're interested in getting into a company, yes, if you have a company where you would have to work for free and that's what you want, do it. 
but you know, there's internships here all over town. Once you're there, I think that the most important thing is recognizing that getting a job in a company once you're there is a full-time job. It is a full-time job to get a job. You have to put in that work. You have to network. I mean, when I started out down here, I had every Friday off and every Friday I had a meet and greet with somebody and I didn't have a car. I was taking all the transportation I could get to where I needed to go to meet with people. So by the time I was in interviews, I knew everybody on the end of that phone and they knew me. See, that to me is an old school hustler worker. That is the type of work ethic that I really, and and I spent years around interns in the communications field. And let me tell you, maybe maybe 1% of them were that motivated. Yeah. And it's maybe you're an exception and clearly your success is, uh-huh. the, is the result of that, right? And, and you know, for anyone who always is like, how do you get into TV or how do you, you know, and I had a small time job. Yeah. You know, there are people with much bigger responsibilities, but the work ethic is always the same. It you is. have to be invested in the experience, yeah. right? You know, the and you can't have this idea of like your name and lights. I mean, you have to do the research and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do your work and you have yeah. to turn on the lights. I mean, I literally got people coffee. Yeah. You know, I... Absolutely. And then... Got printer paper. You need to make sure you can speak to what you want. Right. You need to learn about all... I would go and learn about every single different type of communication that my company had. Mm-hmm. And whether it was internal, external, what did this team do over here in this building? Why is it different than the team over here across the street? Yeah. So then that way I could explain why I was looking for the certain job or why I thought right. I was the right person for it, as well as, and you're right, it's an old school mentality. And when we talk about millennials, they maybe they don't have that old school mentality and they want things to change, but they forget that the people who are hiring them have that old school mentality. Sure. I mean, no same, one, nothing's for free. There's, nothing's you know for what free. I mean? And that's never going to change. No, I mean, so. it's terrible to say, but when I first started doing interviews, my mom was like, you need a skirt suit and you need to wear pantyhose, oh stockings, you need to wear yes. high heels. Because there might be a guy in that room who remembers women having to dress like that back in the day. And a female's gonna see you and be like, well, you look great, and not think about it. But you might be interviewing with somebody who's got such an old school mentality that you don't wanna do anything to put them off from not seeing you and hearing you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a shame, too, that women It's a total still have shame. To, I mean, again, another total separate podcast. But yeah. the things you have to do, too, to like um, visually fit the mold. Yeah. You know, I had to like cut my hair and I had to wear. You have the best hair. You should not cut it. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm 21 and working in in TV in Pittsburgh. They're like, you can't look 21. You know, you can't dress. I remember, this is horrific. I actually have the same story. Not even in TV, though. They made you cut your hair? I was working um, in, slowly transitioned from doing communications. Right. And my company did more technology, like theme park technology. And I had a leader once who said, you look young, you act young, and you talk young. You should fix that. Ooh. And Was that why, a woman? Was nope, that a woman? it was a man. And why I did not walk into an HR office is beyond me. Yeah. But I did it. And then, like, the director... Who, he was mad at me because I called her a nickname, but she would sign her emails with a nickname. Right. So it was like I was just calling her her preferred name. Right. She was like, why'd you cut your hair and like dye brown? <laughs> oh my gosh, I did the same thing. <laughs> I dyed my hair brown without telling my news director and I showed up on the morning news the next day like a completely different person. And he was like, what did you do? <laughs> no, they dragged like, me in. I was like, I just got my hair done. He's like, you can't do that. You mm-hmm. can just, you know, do this. But an interesting story too in talking about, this is um something that I feel like women even to this day unfortunately still experience but like another horrific story I was young and working in Pittsburgh and we were at a party a going away party for a colleague I was maybe 23 and it was summertime Uh and it was humid and hot and I had on a pair of denim shorts with like wedge heels Mm -hmm. and I remember this woman who was uh she was a reporter there she had been there for decades and she came up to me and she said she just makes me sick to just oh, no. she's like I just want to tell you you are completely inappropriate right now and if I were your mother and I thought what I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like I apologize when I think about that now I'd be like listen bitch not really yeah but, I mean it's just you know that that's why I feel like young people sometimes are rightly offended yes. like what right do you have to come up and tell me you don't like my denim shorts I'm 23 and I'm clothed it's yeah not like I'm saying but I mean like women do sort of face these like peripheral judgments yeah. in the professional world and you do have to know how to navigate that and respond either by mm-hmm. confronting it or like we did just kind of diffusing it and like yeah. slowly walking away and I think what I'm starting to do now more than ever is like channel my mama yeah. I mean she's from Long Island my 
dad grew up in the Bronx and then moved outside of the city with his family to the suburbs. Like, my mom's got a sharp tongue. Oh my God. What I mean, would she, she, what would she say to Shorts Lady? Do you think she what probably would, would have been your... like, "I'm so sorry, you don't have like sorry. good sense of fashion." <laughs> I mean, honestly, like my mother can deflect that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Have you ever had to like pull that out, that kind of attitude out in the time that you? Yeah. At yeah. work or in at work. in general? <laughs> at work in, gen- yeah, in at, particular. Yeah. I mean, I have worked with, you know, um, vendors that are just like all men. Right. And think that I'm not the one that they should address in the room or. And what do they do? Just look beyond you as they're speaking or how does this. Yeah. Just, and also I'm short. So like I'm just around tall men all the time and they're talking, right. they kind of talk over you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I do. I just get really direct. What and would you say to someone like who's experiencing that kind of stuff, like in a professional environment? Like, do you speak up all the time? Um, and how do you do it without making? T- I hate to even say yeah, this, but like making too much of a scene. I agree. There's such that's a, a prejudice fine line. Too. There's such a fine line, especially even with women yeah. dealing with women in the workplace. There's such a fine line of having to explain that, like, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the X, Y, and Z happened. I'm sorry you felt that way. Moving forward, as the person you know, you report to or you're dealing with directly, I'll be making the calls from here on out. If you have a concern with that, happy to get a one-on-one with you and your leader going. Right, right. Stuff like that just, there's also, and I said, I just said that word, but don't say just to people. Not like I'm just touching base with you. Like I'm touching base with you. Right. And here's what I'm doing. Like be direct, drop verbiage and words that are not necessary. The word very does not need to be in, you know, yeah. Are you very good? You're good. Calm down. Like, That's so interesting. I mean, and I feel like there is some element of masculinity to communicating directly is. like that. There and is. the fact that oh, this is even like a gender, it's unintentionally gender, right? Yeah. But you do have to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You have to like pay attention to these things. I had a leader who was not entirely loved all of the time, but I would see how he would behave and just cherry pick a little mm-hmm. here and there. I've had female leaders who have made me cry when I get home at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, we're not always nice to each other, but we all have the common end goal mm-hmm. of getting successful work done, no matter what industry you're in. Right. And so just look around, no matter who it is, male or female, who's getting respect? What are mm-hmm. they doing differently? How can you cherry pick from them and make it work for yourself? Are there any um, women who have, I, I don't want to use the word woman boss or girl boss. And, oh, please oh my God, right, I, girl boss. Like, I didn't even intend to say that. You hate, <laughs> I Erica do. hates girl boss. Yeah, because it's just, but let me ask you Because my boss has never said I'm a boy boss. I'm a boy boss. Because, well, I mean, yeah, they don't have to. <laughs> but so w- what female who's in a position of power or respect within your industry or even um, among the things that you consume, whether it be a product or service, do you most admire and why? That's a good question. It could be even someone like who you follow on, you know, a lot of these women are on Instagram, Instagram. entrepreneurs or, or creatives or something. Honestly, one of my best friends from home is an executive with United and does PR with them. She has the most amazing career. She is true to herself all of the time. And her teams love her and she just keeps getting these promotions at is one of those people who, when good things happen to her, I think they happened to me. Because you love her that much. I love her that much. And it means I did something right that somebody this awesome wants me in their universe. Yeah, that's great. And those are the things that matter to me. So Maggie, she knows I'm like obsessed with her. We've been friends since we were in third grade. And she just has a great way of making people want to work really hard for her. And like I said, she just never stops being herself and doesn't apologize for those things and continues to have all this success. Mm -hmm. I see bloggers all of the time who are like female empowerment bloggers but then there's just this like anger behind it and mm-hmm. just it's aggressive or bloggers who follow other bloggers like they look so similar like I can't tell where mm-hmm. new information is coming from or they don't have the background to tell me anything right there's no experience back there so there's like one blogger I follow who is a full copycat of the Skinny Confidential Full copycat. Oh, jeez. And it's just like... When we, I don't want to call anyone out on air, but when we no. get off, I, I want to hear. Yeah, of course. Um, it's not the greatest answer, but like, I just think that there's something to be said about people who are so authentically themselves. Right. And I think that that's the most important thing. I think people can see through that too. Yes. Like, you know, even I remember I had a, a co-anchor once and I think there were weird moments and I remember people calling into the station. They were like, 
what's going on? Like there was some yeah. coming from the other person yeah. and, and like they noticed it. And this was like, you know, before they wasn't a neat, they were it's, calling in. It must still happen because Amy and I have definitely had, because we're such nerds, long conversations about like radio DJs yeah. and our thoughts. And yeah. like, oh, did you hear that the morning so-and-so said X, Y, and Z? Like, oh, she says she's a feminist. That was nasty. Yeah, I mean, And you it's can, just out there. And that's okay, too. Yeah, I mean, you can really, that that vibe picks up. And it that's does. the one thing I've noticed about being in this industry. Even in TV, too, we were, we were literally scripted in TV, at least most of the time. But in this unscripted world of blogging and of uh-huh. content creation, yeah. like, you, you just better be you because, number one, everything else has been done <laughs> but number two people can tell you tell if you're coming from a place of authenticity and yeah. no one wants to you know be that person that's just trying to be something that they're not right and our blogs are and I read yours all the time and even so though much I'm mom not, stuff I'm sorry but that's okay but even though I'm not <laughs> like, a mom I just like to know about your life and your yeah. thoughts and so with mine can I say it yeah oh so absolutely. it's, it's myrevampedlife.com yes. and it's just all like kind of career advice Female empowerment. Yes. There's like really good interviews that Erica's done. You guys have to check it out. Thank you. Um, but it, you know, would be weird if I all of a sudden was like Nordstrom sale. Here's all I of the know. things that I think you should be buying. I know. It's like that's so weird. So <laughs> instead, I'm like, hey, right. Well, that's who you are. Here's some career advice. Here's why I think you should be drinking 100 ounces of water a day. Sure, right. it's good for your face, but get your butt to that water cooler. Right. Meet some people. Right. I ran into somebody at a water cooler the other day who. I was like, hey, heard you have an opening on your team. What's going on over there? That's, you got to get out there. Yeah. So let me give you that advice. But really, if I was like, the Nordstrom style, here's everything, I think. Yeah. It'd be so out of control. People would be like, I don't really care. I know. People get so – it's hard because you see everybody else doing things and it works for them. And you're like, maybe I need to be – I've had so many people – not so many. I've had a handful of people be like, oh, my God enough with the mom shit and I'm like I can't help it it's like what I'm living right now yeah it's your truth it's your truth I mean what would your advice be to someone who's uh, trying to create a digital space whether it's a blog or get their social channels active and you know getting a lot of followers what would you tell them um I guess I would say like you have to find your passion Mm -hmm. and first of all I think most importantly figure out what your brand is and what people think about you. And I don't think you should write your brand. I think you should ask 10 people, what are three words you think about me? That's interesting. What I've never do you come that. to me for in conversation? Right. Am I your advice person? Am I the one that makes you laugh? Understand who you are as you're perceived by others mm-hmm. and then go from there. I think make sure you're a good writer. I yeah. can do not like reading blogs that have spelling errors or don't make sense or mm-hmm. are just too insular and I don't have... A, like a dog in that fight of what you're talking about. Right. I mean, definitely with that whole niche down as far as you can, start with your niche, keep going, and mm-hmm. then get tighter and tighter and tighter. That's right. what we know from journalism and writing. Right. Write something, go back, make it tighter, tighter, and then when you're ready, hit, like, submit. Yeah. So I think those, how to get followers, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm, I can't get followers. I can't get anything. But it's like, and I wonder sometimes, like, if I'm just writing out into nothingness, or if it's like it, if a tree falls in the woods and no one don't, there. nobody hears it. <laughs> I always joke with my fellow, you know, bloggers or friends. Like, do you ever feel like you're screaming into the abyss? You know. Yes. But you know, there there are moments. Um, there are so many points of connection though, and I'm sure people feel the same. You yeah. know, listening to what the product and the things and the art, you know, the articles on your blog that you're putting out. I mean, there it's always a point of connection. You may not hear back from every single person that's yeah. impacted, but. Um, I think that's good advice. I think you come from a place of authenticity and, and, and a strong voice and you start there. Yeah, I had, um, this is the cheesiest advice I think I'm going to explain to you how Ready I found out it. about it. Um, AOL Instant Messenger in college. Uh, Bumble Q was my name. Ser- <laughs> Serendipity. <laughs> my gosh, you had to have been such an early adopter if you got that word. I know, I got Serendipity. Oh, that <laughs> is I didn't do it without a letter. Incredible. Um, one of my girlfriends had an away message one day that one of her professors. Away inc- I know. Right one now. of her professors had said, and we both went to school for journalism, and. Um, it stuck with me, and I think it works for almost every industry. It was like, I guess in class one day, he said, a lot of people asked me, no, like, asked me, how do I know if I'm a writer? He was like, stop writing. If you can stop writing, you are not a writer. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Right? Yes. Can you stop doing audio stuff? No. <laughs> Amazing. Right? Yeah. You, have you, that's, I know. Amy talked about it all the time. She was like, if some, somewhere in the company they asked me to stop doing entertainment, I would stop being in the company. Yeah. Because I am just yes. supposed to do entertainment. Yes. So from a blogging perspective – 
what is the one thing you can't stop talking about and hone your skills, do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do feel like I'm writing into the abyss, but nothing feels better than writing and getting it yes, out and knowing true. this is what I was supposed to do, yes. despite the fact. And when I told my parents I was going to school for journalism, the jaws that hit the floor, because I used to fail creative writing in classes ah, all of the time as a kid. Funny. And then I explained to my parents, journalism is not creative writing. It's true. So well, I can't. You, I can't write a book, but I can definitely tell you about a band I saw yesterday. There or, is real value in that degree, though. That I is. feel like you don't understand until you get into the real world, the, the world of community. I mean, that's what we live. Everybody in right thinks now. that they're a writer. Yeah, and I it's mean, not true. It's, Trust me, based on a lot of the emails I've read. Oh, I'm sure that you've uh-huh. seen some stuff. Yes. I mean, on you're like living, you know, communicating with dozens of people daily. Yeah, in the sure corporate life, there's a lot of emails that fly around about everything and anything. Yeah, well, I agree. I feel. I feel the same way, and I do. I've said that kind of stuff. I feel corny, also. Yeah. I, when you say, "Oh, I feel called to," but it is if it's something that you can't stop doing, mm-hmm. or that just it kills you. Do you write all the time? Like I can write in the car in my head all the time, or in the shower. I have a full thing. There's like I all know exactly time. what the Instagram post is going to be like later. It is completely written all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I have my notes open all the, or, or I just email myself a lot of stuff too, uh-huh. and. Um, it is an endless list. And I, I'm actually working with someone on scheduling my content. And I'm like, I can give you content literally for the next nine months yeah. every day. But I cannot organize it. I cannot schedule it. I can. I mean, my my deficit is organization. Mm-hmm. I just had a conversation with my husband on the way here. We just, he is my, he is the, the yang to my yin or the yin to my yang, whatever one is, whatever. But <laughs> we're, we're, he's so opposite. He's very, um, task oriented and he can like lay out the next he can lay out a vacation like literally hourly. yeah oh and, I know I followed your entire yeah. DC trip right oh my gosh that was him and <laughs> yeah. I just I can't uh-huh. do it I can I can creatively produce but I can't practically yeah produce or organize so that's been a challenge um I have to just very very quickly I wanted to talk about this with you and I feel like we're going long but it doesn't matter because there's no time limit um <laughs> but um we have to talk about dating apps. Oh, Girl, yeah. can we go there just <laughs> yes, a little bit? Yes, we can. Like, because I, I just gave you my... It is the worst. It is the worst. Can we just... Okay. Yeah. So, I, I you have to forgive my ignorance here, but... Oh, I mean, I have plenty of girlfriends who are... I'm going to reach for my phone because I have a... My <gasps> friend sent me a... a Please One she got there the other day, and I was just... Okay, so what app are we up. going on right now? So, I'm on Bumble, and I have done... I'm also on Hinge. Now, what's the difference? Is, oh, Hinge is where you have to have a common, a common connection, right? I guess so. How do they check that, by the way? I think you have to log in with your Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, but when, here's just a little backstory. Yeah. When I was booking Erica on this podcast, I was like, you know, I want to talk about all this stuff. And I like really, having been out of this world for a little bit, I want to know what the dating scene is like now that yeah. it's like all on apps. Yeah, so it's all on apps. Um, the last couple of guys that I have dated have, have met on Bumble, like the most recent guy we dated for like maybe a little over a month or so. Um, I have found that with all of the relationships and things, like they become such a cop out. Like, hey, we met on a digital thing. So like my breakup with you is via text. <gasps> did, yeah. No, did he do that? Uh-huh. Did, <gasps> oh, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. I just, that's just not. PSA to all the gentlemen, if you ever want to get laid again. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call someone Seriously. And, or speak to them. Like Also, because like, why life. would you put out bad karma for yourself? That's bad. It's such bad karma. And like, Please that tell dating juju. Could he have been, is he over 30 years old? Like he knows better. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's <gasps> a father. Oh. I know. This man oh is my raising God, a child. Your eardrums. That's <laughs> disgusting. It's not great. Yes, don't teach your kid your bad manners. Exactly. You jerk. Um, I hate him already, Eric. Yeah. I'm going to beat him up. Give me a name. <laughs> but, but I mean, is that like, because um, you like were... How, how long have you been on the on this app and or on a couple of years? Is but then like, sometimes it's so depressing. Like you just swipe for days and like yeah. nothing happens, or you talk to somebody and then just like kind of goes nowhere. Right. And it's just it's so bad for your self esteem. I think. Can you read us some like crazy messages? I'm like. So living- my friend got this one the other day from Hinge. So my girlfriend lives in LA. Okay. So well, t- I'm sure that's a whole new world of dating. Oh my god! I hope this is okay. You said no, yeah. like craziness, right? So no, she just fine. got a message on Hinge that said, "Yeah." You want to blaze for Game of Thrones and get your booty grabbed? <laughs> and she hadn't even said hi to him yet. That was his opening line. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, did she res- please tell me she responded just to get another interesting <laughs> she like, was like, response like, back. I don't know. She just messaged me. She's like, I mean, I do like Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh. And it's like, that's the thing. We're definitely like lowering our standards sometimes. And the worst part is like with Bumble, 
you as a female have to start the conversation, which I oh, think is that, safe, okay. but also difficult. So I messaged some guy the other day and just said, these opening lines are hard. <laughs> Help me out. Did like, he write back? He did. And it was like a good thing. But what like, did, what did he say? Can you read us? Or did, is this getting? He just said, oh, this is hard. Sounds like a fun fact. I hope, think you did a spectacular job. And oh, so then, cute. yeah, but that was on the, on Sunday. And we have talked slightly and it's just like it's not because there's no pressure this there's is no pressure i don't know anything about thing. him and then i'm like am i i'm like i'm engaging i think i'm fun you, you know are. I'm yes going yes, with yes. so many people at work and i can talk to people all the time and i'm like but on this app i'm like it's like i've never spoken in my life i don't know what to say anymore and the pressure is there to have like the best pictures and like the funniest open line and what are we gonna do and then it's just it's so crazy. I it's mean, like when, one more way, one more thing you have to do. Yeah, to like Amy make a good set up our other best friend Beth with a buddy of hers from work, and it just like worked. They're married, they have a kid, and I'm like, girl, <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, Amy's got to find another friend for you, I mean, <laughs> right? Amy's trying to find a friend for herself too. Yeah, well, there's there's plenty of people I feel like that say that they meet their significant others on apps. Whether yeah, it's like, but I I'm hearing it. I'm getting like. And cringe sweats like anxiety sweats on your behalf same. just thinking the same thing like the pressure of it's one thing to go out and try to look your best in the yeah. old school way of course you do that but it's a lot of pressure to have to log on and be creative and have the best yeah. photo and, and then like, be engaging and continue the conversation and yes. it's like sometimes I'll be talking to a guy and I'm the one asking all the questions yeah that's not and I'm like all right I'm just gonna unmatch if you didn't figure out why you got unmatched that's on you but what come about on. like old school like match.com do those still terrible site but why? still available <laughs> first of all just or like from plenty like a, of fish <laughs> did you ever use that no I but I know people who've been married off of OkCupid match what? plenty of fish tinder I mean the list that's goes crazy. on sometimes you just find your person yeah that's true and so jealous but um with these things it's just like if the conversation's not flowing, then it's definitely not going to in person. Tell the guys out there, the clueless guys on these dating apps, what they need to be doing to come correct. They need to be way more engaging. If a girl asks you a question, ask one back with a follow-up. or with an emoji With or an emoji. <laughs> I mean, um, there needs to be a conversation for like a date within at least 24 hours. Right. Get off the app. Nobody wants a pen pal. That's and that's the biggest thing that everyone always says is like, you're just talking for days. And it's like, are we going to meet up or not, man? Like, I got things to do. My calendar's yes. filling up fast. Like, yes. you want to get in there for a quick drink or what? Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, women do still like chivalry. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. You've got to pursue. Yeah. And I think that's what I know. Like that's Bumble, what when you're starting the conversation first, I think that guys are like, great, well then. It's on her, and it's, it's like, like the downside no, of feminism, right? Like we, is. we still like battle for equality, but like uh, I, still I know think how, you should open the door for me. How hypocritical! Mm -hmm. My husband asked me one time. He's like, you know, um, he said something about like bringing how, how much money he spent at bars over the years, and I was like, I, I literally probably have spent a, some total of a hundred dollars over the course of like eight or nine years for drinks because the guys. That's just what that they, doesn't happen so, anymore. Though that doesn't, how does that not happen? That's crazy. my one friend. My one friend, he's forty and single, and like we're always just trying to like help each other out. No, he lives like, in Philly. Ugh. Oh, no, you're fine. And so he's always just like must be so great whenever you go out free drinks and all of this. I was like, what are you talking it about? Doesn't it it doesn't, doesn't happen. Do that. Guys, get with the program. It doesn't here. happen. And don't don't talk to me about how much it costs you when I am wearing makeup. I mean, you know, doing get a per. You have a wallet. You don't wear makeup. You They're barely did your hair. Who has said this? Because they oh, my guy friends have oh. just been like, "Oh, you don't know how expensive it is." I'm it, like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did you buy two oh, extra sorry. drinks today? Are I you think you can handle judged it." Judged by your appearance and <laughs> right. underestimated and everything. But I'm so sorry. so sorry. I know, but it is. I mean, it is yeah. kind of hypocritical. I it like, is whatever. But listen, buy the girl a drink. I think so. Don't don't you dare even let her reach. Do you reach for your wallet ever on dates? I hope yes. You don't. Okay, so don't. Well, no, no. Okay, so here's the thing. Once I went out on a date and just was like oh and he was like oh do, yeah let's go half on this and I was like I didn't order food and you did and now so I, I bought you half dinner ever sleep with you I know and that same guy we went out on a date once and the bartender was like do you want to start a tab we we're like yeah that sounds great and she stood there she's like oh I need a card and he just kind of like yeah and I was like oh my that. god I'm putting down a card so I did and then immediately, like, the date was over in my mind. That's and, like, afterwards, he's like, 
after the first one, he's like, well, should we? I was like, no, I got to go. And just grabbed my stuff and like bolted. Yeah, let, that's just, I don't know. I feel like that's just not okay. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, still- I do want a guy to know, like with the last guy that I did date, Every now and then I'd be like, hey, babe, let's go like have these tonight. Right. Or, you know what, I want to get the next round or something like that. But right. but it's the desire to want, you You should um, feel courted. Is the point, and I right? will and say, while that guy was show. crap in the end, he crushed date one mm-hmm. because towards the end of the night I went to the bathroom and he had the whole bill paid for by the time oh, I got back. That's nice. That's good. He didn't like, even that's put that super weird impressive. pressure on you. Exactly. And that took all of it off of me and I could just enjoy yeah. the rest of it. So, like, when the time came, he's like, oh, I've already got all of this. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I was like, and that was like a huge moment. Like that will be a great way to get to date two. Yeah, that works. It was time. amazing. Oh, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I really, yeah. I, I, want, I feel like I need to bring you back for all of these. Um, maybe we could do like a career kind of um, oriented episode. I would love that. Like, and then we need you on our show because Amy and I have had like a deep dive of exactly what we want to talk to you about. Oh, I'm so nervous. Yes. Um, you will okay. have to drink alcohol. Oh, well, that's okay. okay I do good. get drunk after literally one glass of okay, wine. Okay, well, you just have to have a sip and cheers us, and then you're done. No, no, I'll have it. I'll just start slurring my words. <laughs> we'll Uber you home. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us how we find you and stalk you. All right, so on Instagram, at Erica Jarvis, Erica with a K. And then my blog is MyRevampedLife.com. MyRevampedLife.com. And then Amy and I are over at Podcast Rewind, which is in all of the stores, Stitcher, Google, iTunes, etc. And our Instagram is PodcastRWD. Our podcast RWD. You guys do listen there. Just um, your chemistry is great. Thanks. And your show is awesome. So thank you for letting me drag you yes, on. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. See you guys. <laughs>